from Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome. You have arrived at this week's installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and I am your host, Rob Watson. Um, Today we have a fabulous show, and actually we have a fabulous show about a fabulous show. Um, We are sitting here 10 days away from Valentine's Day, and this Valentine's Day with uh, the restaurants that you may have wanted to take your honey to, with the movie theaters closed, all of them kind of out of reach, you may be looking for something to do. Well, you can prepare your romantic dinner and light the candles, pull out the chocolates, pour the champagne, and turn on your computer because on that computer will be the hottest Valentine's Day drag show ever, and it's for a good cause. And that is what our show today is all about. Um, We are going to be talking about the drag show Gun Violence is Still a Drag, so yes, there is a serious undertone to all this, Um, but it will be featuring um, from RuPaul's Drag Race, Thorgy Thor and Denali, and uh, from the original Queer Eye series, um, Jay Rodriguez, and it is, it looks like it's going to be the most fabulous show ever, like I said. Uh, It's being put on by the Drew Project. And today we have waiting on deck to come talk to us about this production is Sarah Grossman, who is the communications director for the Drew Project. And um, uh, also joining us is Dominic uh, Bellum, who is the physical production coordinator for A&E Studios. Um, so exciting, exciting times. And I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't wait for these 10 days to be over so we can uh, watch this show. Um, but before we get to that, I want to welcome onto our show um, my esteemed co-host, Brody Levesque. Brody, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, good morning, or good day to our listeners around the globe. We so appreciate you listening to our podcast. And uh, if this is your first time, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button on the podcast app both on your Google Android phones and your Apple iPhones. Um, Today, just before we get started with our guests, uh, I wanted uh, to offer uh, a bit of a note, a somber note, uh, on the passage of a friend of mine, uh, someone that I have known for over four decades. He was a pioneer in the gay movement. Uh, He was wild. He was fabulous. He was dedicated. And he is also the person who facilitated the creation of the gay pride flag. His name was Lee Mentley, and he passed away uh, this uh, last January 20th, uh, inaugural day. Uh, we're just getting wind of it now in his home in Sonora, California, north of uh, San Francisco. Uh, Lee was uh, noted for... Uh, a lot of work that he did on the ground uh, uh, with various advocacy groups. Uh, he was especially known for the work he did at what really truly was a unique LGBT center, the first of its kind uh, 
uh, in San Francisco. He was friends uh, with uh, Harvey Milk. Um, and it was Lee who facilitated uh, what became the pride flag, which occurred uh, upstairs at 330 Grove, which was the LGBT center uh, in uh, San Francisco. The artists that he brought to, uh, together were rather unique, uh, which included, in addition to Metley's input, uh, Ling Segerblum, who's still alive, uh, and a couple of other gentlemen, unfortunately, who have passed away, including uh, the late uh, Gilbert Baker uh, and James McNamara. Gilbert, of course, uh, has often got uh, gotten credit uh, as being the Betsy Rots of the flag. However, that's not true. But Gilbert actually was the man in motion to get the pride flag acceptably accepted universally. And as a matter of fact, I don't think there's been any other campaign on the face of this planet that has been as successful uh, as promoting and getting the flag out there, uh, especially not for a movement. Um, Lee was an interesting person. I used to love getting phone calls from him. He was highly opinionated. He was highly controversial. Uh, and rather than take up the entire show about Lee, I'm going to ask uh, all of our listeners to go to LosAngelesBlade.com. My colleague and dear friend, uh, the former news editor of the Los Angeles Blade, uh, Karen Oakham, has written a very moving piece uh, that gives you all the background on Lee. Skate pioneer Lee Metley dies. The gay activist facilitated creation of the rainbow flag by Karen Oakham. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend uh, you do that. On a brighter note, uh, yesterday, the vice president of the United States, swore in the 19th Secretary of Transportation, who was then promptly uh, embraced by his husband. Uh, so congratulations to Secretary Buttigieg. Uh, Pete was sworn in in the ceremonial office of the vice president, which is very ornate. I've been in that office. It's in the Eisenhower Old Executive Office Building. It's phenomenal. Uh, and uh, the vice president was, uh, Joan, uh, was joined by the second gentleman of the United States, uh, Chasen, of course, was there. Pete uh, swore in on his mother's Bible. So, again, congratulations to Secretary uh, Buttigieg. Breaking as we're coming on the air today, uh, President Biden reaffirmed in a speech, uh, foreign policy major speech to the State Department today, that he will, in fact, be pushing ahead, writing out an executive memorandum uh, for LGBT rights globally, this is something that he had made as a campaign uh, promise, uh, and he's now carrying through with it. Um, and in the Washington Blade and the Los Angeles Blade, there'll be follow-up stories on that. Uh, however, the president, um, and I, I'll just, uh, the national security advisor, I should say, uh, said this. Um, Jake Sullivan told the press this morning in the briefing room uh, that, it, uh, the, the memorandum reflects the deep commitment the president has to these issues, both here in the U.S. and, of course, everywhere around the globe, uh, and that the United States will speak out and act on behalf of these rights uh, as they go. And last thing, uh, which is critically important, we, of course, are in back, uh, Black History Month. I want to give a shout-out to all of our um, black uh, sisters and brothers, or especially our black trans sisters and brothers, uh, as they often have you know, difficult lives, and it's a difficult sometimes way for them. The uh, National uh, AIDS Memorial is going to observe Black History Month uh, this year by a virtual display of blocks uh, 
from the National AIDS Memorial Quilt honoring black lives that were lost to, to the AIDS crisis and the pandemic. Uh, you can find more information at the Los Angeles Blade uh, of talking about it. Uh, but the National Memorial will be running this virtual uh, exhibition all month long. Uh, you'll be able to go there, log in, take a look, see the different blocks. Uh, and it's a, it's a really cool thing. And with that, I will throw it back to you. Yeah, no, that uh, great recap. Um, a deep, deep um, respect for Lee in the passing. And, um, you know, it, it does call to mind how there are so many forebearers of the LGBT movement that are alive and behind the scenes that we should be paying attention to before they pass. I mean, there are so many stories there and it is so much more intricate than I think a lot of people want to make it. People want to point to one person here, one person there who did something. And um, it wasn't that way. It was a lot of people doing a lot of things and a very much of a collaborative effort of, of people coming together and, um, you know, no, no one person standing alone. But I also love the optics of what you described in terms of the vice president swearing in a member of the cabinet. And, and the part of it that stood out to me is that the two people standing in the room who were spouses were both men. And that's, <laughs> that is something that, that, that has, has not really happened before. So, I mean, that, that, is, um, that, is, that is a very, very cool thing. It is. It really, truly is. I, you know, it, it, uh, the dynamics of it, I think the best picture was a screen grab I got uh, from the C-SPAN footage uh, right after uh, Secretary Buttigieg uh, put his hand down. Uh, Chasen wrapped his arms around him in a big old intimate huge bear hug. And over to the right, you could see the vice president <laughs> with her hand over her heart and a facial expression, even through the mask. You could, it was the, oh, you know, the, oh, my. And it was just so cute. And, and it was just that embrace and the vice president doing that and the contextual history just of that photograph. You know, you, it's, right. it's the first openly gay confirmed, Senate confirmed cabinet officer. But more importantly than that, it's the first black South Asian woman to hold the office of vice president. There's a whole bunch of history in there. And then you have to consider one more thing. Secretary Buttigieg and the vice president both ran as rivals against President Biden. So there's so much history and context in that shot. It's an amazing photograph. It's an amazing time. Uh, and, yeah, I just think that's cool. Right. Yeah, I think the um, competitors, you know, ending up on the same side is a, is a good thing, but it's, you know, that's not unusual. I mean, uh, George um, uh, Bush, the senior, was Ronald Reagan's chief competitor and ended up as his vice president. And, you know, it's, there's, there's been a lot of precedent for that. But, you know, one of the pictures from the inauguration that I don't think got enough play um, that I, I think was astounding was a picture of um, the vice president with former president um, Obama doing a fist bump and looking into each other's eyes. And that was, I mean, that said so much. I mean, that was, 
you know, to me, like a, the true portrait of history, um, you know, of, of all the landmarks that two of them together represented. So anyway, um, cool stuff. Um, so let's, um, let's shift to this. Um, the, the event that we're talking about in a weird sort of way has a legacy going back to not weird, but um, going back to the 2016 shooting at Pulse nightclub um, uh, a friend of our, our shows, um, Brandon, um, was, was there and has been on our show a couple times and talked about the loss of his friend Drew, um, in that shooting and, um, you know, the, the horror of that night. And from that seed of tragedy has grown an organization, um, an effort to end gun violence, which woefully little has actually been done. Um, and so their work is still laid out ahead of them and um, now leads us to this fabulous show here um, coming up on Valentine's Day. And uh, with that, I want to welcome uh, two people who are, are holding the heart of that show together, um, uh, Sarah and Dominique. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Thank you for Hello. having us. Yes, thank you. Um, I am really excited about this show, and like you said, uh, the the connection of history runs deep through this organization. Um, like some people might know and some people might not, um, we lost our very good friend Christopher Andrew Leinenen at the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, Pulse was a place where mm-hmm. I would often go with Drew and our friends, and it was not just a queer club um, and it, it, it was so much more because, you know, we were all coming into ourselves in college. We spent a lot of time there just, you know, learning about what it was like to have a community. And I think that kind of, you know, touches back on what you and Brody were talking about, um, about how there are so many people who have done so much work and it's important that uh, we acknowledge the fact that it is a community that has pushed forward um, gay rights. And it is a community that continues to either suffer together or come together to make incredible change for itself. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And, oh, sorry. The, I was going to say, Sarah, to further your point, okay. it's, uh, there's a phrase I always say that's like, we have to be grateful for those who for those who fought before us. We have to fight alongside those who are fighting with us, and we have to fight for those who are coming out after us. You know, we have to be uh, united and and a group to be able to push forward. So this is a really amazing event. I'm excited for it. No, it is. It's, it's funny when when you and I started talking together, we were saying the exact same things, and I thought that you weren't talking. It was actually my echo. So it's like <laughs> we are all on the same page. That was that was, that was very interesting. <laughs> all of a sudden, the voice started saying different things. I'm going, wait, that isn't me. Um, but no, I, I mean, I love I love what you guys are doing. I love first of all the talent that you pulled together is really great. I mean, um, yes. Thorgy Thor and Denali are two outstanding performers, each one in their, in their own right. And Jay is, you know, legendary being the, the cultural icon guru from the original Queer Eye series. So just, just that alone um, mm-hmm. is fantastic. 
I, I want to go to the serious issue, though, before or underneath this all. And, um, you know, it is the title of the show, you know, Gun Violence is Still a Drag. Um, mm-hmm. Since the Pulse shooting, right? and, and even before that, because, I mean, Brody was on the scene at Columbine, uh, which mm-hmm. dates him. Um, and, you know, I was absolutely devastated as a gay dad by um, the Sandy Hook shooting um mm-hmm. you know those those have left deep wounds psychically and emotionally for for the two of us even before pulse and then pulse happened and you know and so many shootings since then and nothing has been done in this country to to change that and you guys are the activists on the front line how what what are your thoughts on that what are your feelings around that um, it is really disparaging. Of course, um, gun violence prevention is something that I have uh, worked on since even before the Pulse shooting as well. Um, and one of the sad but true statistics that we have to face every single day is, sure, we haven't had as many school shootings or mass shootings due to the pandemic. However, the single one-off shootings are way, way up. Um, it, on average, there are 100 gun deaths per day in America. And to, you know, show the gravity of that, that's two Pulse nightclub shootings every single day. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's not just, you know, the, the affluent communities and like Parkland or Sandy Hook. It's um, people, mothers in Chicago lo- losing their kids every single day. Um, people walking up and knocking on the door and shooting the person who answers the door just because. And the thing that, um, the thing that we keep coming back to is not the person who has the gun. It is the lax laws that allow the person to get the gun. Uh, the man who went into Pulse nightclub and shot, um, and killed 49 people and injured 53 others. And, uh, emotionally injured thousands of thousands more obtained his guns completely legally. And the fact that he was on a no fly list, the fact that he had been marked as um, a person who uh, has domestic violence charges against his partner, that type of person should not be able to obtain a gun period the end. Um, and we have seen a little bit of change in some States like out here in Colorado where I live, um, where Brody covered the Columbine shooting 21 years ago already. Um, we have uh, passed uh, a red flag law here in Colorado, which allows um, the police or loved ones to remove your guns from you for a certain amount of time, whether it is that you are a danger to yourself or somebody else. If you're threatening suicide and you, ha- and you are known to have a gun, that's a great time to perhaps take away the gun Um, because we know that suicides uh, account for 50% uh, almost of uh, daily, um, daily deaths by gun. And, you know, that kind of thing is fleeting. Uh, Oftentimes a person who is uh, wanting to commit suicide, um, give them 48 hours and that feeling will pass. So the thought behind the red flag law is, give it 48 hours and or 72 hours and the feeling will pass. Um, so those kinds of things, the extra background checks, the capped magazines, 
those have all passed here in Colorado. The problem is that we do not have anything federally uh, um, on the law. Um, so folks in Chicago can drive on over to Indianapolis a couple hours away, go grab a gun, and drive right back to Chicago. Um, and so when they talk about Chicago having, you know, the most restrictive gun laws, yet the most gun violence, look at why. Uh, it's, right. it's because we do not have anything federally sound. We do not. So the gun laws essentially are as weak as the weakest state's gun laws. Yeah, no, very well said. And, and we've experienced that in California also. We had a, a shooting a few years ago here at the Garlic Festival, um, mm-hmm. and the the guy who did it had brought, just went over to Nevada, bought his gun that was illegal in California, and just brought it over the state line and um, mm-hmm. and used it here. And it, it, it is appalling to me just the, it's not just guns in general, but, but the different uh, classification of gun that is the most efficient killer um, uh, contraption that you could have. I mean, you have, you have the bombers that at the Boston Marathon who with well-planned and hidden bomb and, you know, huge crowd of people and everything else mm-hmm. killed three people. And then you right. have, you know, these people with these efficient guns that kill three people in two seconds. I mean, and, exactly. and many exactly. more. It just, it just, it, it, and we have to be licensed to, to drive a vehicle which could hurt and harm people, rightly so. It's you know, a multi-ton vehicle that, that can mm-hmm. do physical harm. Um, and why we don't have anything close to that for these other contraptions that can cause much more harm is, is a, is a great mystery right. to me. And, and the other thing I really love about what, what you guys are doing, and, and because this event is such a cultural event, is the, this consciousness of gun violence, I think, is a cultural problem in America, where mm-hmm. Donald Trump and his pull, one of the big strings that he pulled and continues to pull with um, the you know, 74 million uh, uh, followers that he has um, is this love of guns. And so yeah. I think the, the, the cultural impact you guys are, are, are doing is, is important to, to make that part of it. Um, that being Thank said, how, how are you guys integrating the title of the show? You know, gun violence is still a drag with the fun and frivolity of the performers? How, how are those two coming together? Sure. So um, we'll have um, Brandon talking a little bit about our mission and a little bit about um, it being the fifth year marker of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Um, but what we really want to do is highlight our work with LGBTQ youth. Um, the reason why we decided to do this on Valentine's Day is because we know that during this pandemic and while kids are unable to sometimes go to school or attend their gay-straight alliance, they might be at home with unfriendly family. And we want – so we have an activation that we're going to have during our show where we're going to direct folks to our website to download these specific uh, graphics that we have had made by queer artists. 
uh, Valentine's for LGBT youth. We're encouraging folks to share them on their social media. We're encouraging folks to tag their local or favorite LGBTQ center so that uh, they can see the love and support uh, that is truly out there for these kids. Uh, we are also, uh, while we are raising awareness about the realities of gun violence, we're also raising money for our scholarship program, which I am super, super, super proud to say that as of this June, the Drew Project will have given out $100,000 in scholarship to queer mm. kids in honor Yay! of Yay! What a good guy! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Uncle Brody. Um, yeah, we are just over the moon. And it is because of the support of these pride employee resource groups like Dominic's. Uh, he is uh, here on behalf of A&E. Stars and Lionsgate, and um, that, you know, having these organizations that not only walk the walk by meeting, but also talk the talk by uh, getting involved with organizations like us instead of the big five um, <laughs> uh, is, is really, really important because, you know, uh, I love the work that HRC, GLAD, GLSEN, and the Trevor Project do, but they also have the funds to be able to afford celebrity. They have the, you know, the visibility that celebrities want to um, show up and be on the arms of these organizations because it helps propel their look as well. And so I wanted to turn it over to Dominic to kind of talk about the importance of actually taking action as a pride yeah, employee absolutely. resource group. Well, before I, yeah, Dominic, I, I, have, I have one thing to add, sir, um, and Dominic too. Um, February 14, of course, Sweethearts and everything else, but Sarah, for, you know, two of the kids that I know, Emma Gonzalez and Cameron Caskey, along with David Ogg and a few others, February mm -hmm. the 14th also has a very, very special meaning and not such right. a good way for them. And, of course, right. three years ago, that was the anniversary of the shooting and, and the 17 dead at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. So I, right. I think that I, I see what you and Dominic are doing and what's along with Brandon's help, obviously, um, as a, a two-part component there. I think it's also honoring, um, especially since Cameron and, and Emma are gay, uh, but, I mean, honoring the memory of the 17 victims at Parkland as well as mm -hmm. pulling this up as a promise in the future yeah, even for the kids now. So that's all I just want to say. Dominic, my apologies, but I just wanted to kind of put that in there. No, no worries. I'm I'm so glad you did. This conversation has been has been wonderful. And, you know, I provide a unique perspective in that I grew up in Northern California where, um, you know, hunting was our big thing. So uh, gun, guns to us was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go hunting on, you know, Saturday morning. Um, and I just want to add off of that, I'll shift back to ERGs in a second, that, I think a lot of the, the 74 million followers that you're talking about are these folks who say, oh, well, I need guns to hunt game, and how are we going to do this? And it's like, sure, you know, you can hunt game, but let's look at how you're going to get these guns illegally, or excuse me, legally. And also, let's, you don't need an automatic rifle to hunt a deer or a bird. You're going to shred the animal. It would ruin the meat. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, it's, no, and, and it's, you know, those are a lot of the conversations I've been having is like, let's put this into perspective for a minute. Well, I think that's, I think that's an excellent point is it is perspective because 
um, even surveys that have been done uh, across the board of people who are pro-gun, the vast majority of them are for sanity and are for legitimate um, restrictions around around guns. But a lot of the conversation, and that's I think why you know sort of taking this to the culture level, you know, our culture has gone so extreme. It's like you're red or blue or black or white or this or that. And it's not mm-hmm. letting the middle conversation where true solutions can actually take place take hold. Um, so, yeah, it's like, it, it, you know, there is, there is sanity to be had around this. It just, we just haven't really gotten to it because you take one step and somebody comes across with hysterics and, right. you know, and shuts it down. Um, but, but um, Dominic, tell us about A&E and, and how, how you got involved personally and, and how the organization got involved. Sure. Absolutely. So um, I was formerly at Stars and Lionsgate and um, came over to A&E about, I would say, July of 2019. And Stars and Lionsgate have always had a large amount of employee resource groups. So I had a really great first experience as my first job out of college. Then when I transitioned to A&E, I, you know, a couple months later, I walked into the HR office and was like, hey, do you guys have ERGs or like passion groups or anything that I could be involved in at the company now that I'm settled? And my, the response I got was, what's an ERG? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be, uh, you know, the founder, and I'm one of the co-chairs of our Pride Employee Resource Group. Um, and now I also oversee our Diversity Advisory Council for Employee Resource Groups. So we're starting nine employee resource groups coming up. We have a mental health one, um, women's prime timers for our 50 plus group, um, black and African American groups. So we've got some really exciting groups coming up. Um, but specifically why we're doing this is, um, you know, we spend so many hours of our day in an office and around our coworkers. So, you know, ensuring that there's a place for like-minded people to gather, volunteer, build their network, and grow in their professional career is imperative to the health, safety, and the well-being of these employees. So while we're hitting the, the employees, um, you know, we're, um, we're representing these underserved communities or what would be considered minorities in a workplace, um, they need these spaces to foster a better community that they, when they don't see someone who looks like them. So we're also providing education, awareness, and the opportunities for the employees who identify, and then also the allies of that group. So if you want to learn more about the LGBTQ plus community, we welcome allies to the group to learn more, to be involved in the community, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, that's, that's fabulous. And I've been in a corporate environment where, um, and actually it was with one of the big high-tech companies uh, just a few years ago where, there, there was some questions that came up on the, the public forum, and it was surprising, not the supportive comments that were made, but people who were employees on staff that were um, pretty archaic. And um, the discussion was just showed that, that that is necessary, and those resource groups are pretty vital 
Um, they're not, not um, you know, passe at all. Um, so what, right. what, how did this, how did this event come about, guys? How did, who, where did the brainchild come to, to do this for Valentine's Day? <laughs> well, I think it was, so last year, um, our wonderful friend, someone I worked with at STARS, Tennessee Martin, came forward to me, um, knew that I was forming the Pride ERG, and she said, I should, I should go back. Tennessee wanted to do some sort of drag show and, and do something about gun violence. And that was an idea that we were mulling over while on the pride board together um, for about six months. And then when I moved over to A&E and started the pride board, Tennessee had already had all of these conversations built up with uh, the Drew project and they were ready to go. And Tennessee last minute hit me up and said, Hey, does A&E want to participate and co-sponsor and put a little bit of money in and let's see how big we can make this. Um, and they agreed. It was a successful event. Last year we raised about $10,000, which was enough for two scholarships to send outstanding LGBT students to college. Um, and then I would say, Sarah, what was it like back in November, we get a text from Tennessee and Tennessee, Sarah and I all have our, our little group chat and Ten texts us and it was like, so I think we need to do this again. And uh, <laughs> we were like, okay, great. And uh, it, it's been a little brainchild, and I don't remember who suggested Valentine's Day, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been really amazing. It has been. No, um, actually, I was connected with Tennessee. She literally called me randomly out of the blue cold and um, said to me, I have this idea. I like your organization. I found you online. Let's support you. And um, so that really uh, speaks to the importance of digital communications for nonprofits right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, unfortunately, were not able to meet this year in West Hollywood. And, unfortunately, Fleming Saddles, where we had it last year, is now closed. Um, but we decided that why not create uh, an event that anybody from anywhere can join us for because the Drew Project has supporters in Finland, in Australia, New York, LA, Chicago, Florida, you name it. And we're never able to get everybody together for an event. And so it's our hope that because it is uh, a weekend and a good cause and incredible cast being, um, and the event itself is being edited by one of the editors and producers of the Salt Lake City Housewives. Um, oh, wow. It's going to be very high quality and very good. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. How did you get the cast together? How, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, uh, Thorgy Thor is from season three of RuPaul's Drag mm -hmm. Race, um, and um, Denali is currently on Drag Race, and, and if... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's un unclear at this point how far she actually makes it, but um, um, they are they're both awesome. How? Yeah, she's kicking they you butt out? right how, now. Yeah, how did how did you get to get them? Um, they so, trust in a little bit of pixie dust. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, thankfully, you know, part of the part of the plus of pairing up with these entertainment employee resource groups and other folks in LA is they know a lot of people. And uh, over the last five years of doing this work, I also have um, met a lot of 
fantastic humans who just want to help out because they love the mission. And so I had um, Chad, um, the director of flip phone events, put out an ask for me, and that's how we got uh, Denali, Lucy Stuhl from Chicago, and um, I think that's it. And then um, Tennessee, uh, through her connections, was able to get us Thorgy Thor and Ruby Rue from New York City, and the rest we kind of just, you know, legit, just like Tom said, uh, fairy dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were so grateful to have Vico Suave come back, who was actually uh, performed in our, our show last year, uh, the only drag king we have, but uh, they're incredible, um, so we're really excited about this lineup. Yeah, and um, Jay Rodriguez is, is acting as MC. is that right? That is correct. He is our host, and he also does a performance uh, of a song himself. We gave all of the performers the directive of the theme is love songs or love sucks. And so some people chose love songs, and some people are catering to those who are a little bit bitter this year. <laughs> <laughs> Or and, and maybe some of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, some of the songs can definitely be up for interpretation based upon how you're feeling that day. Well, it's um, yeah, I, I think it's super super exciting. And did each then each performer they were responsible for their own production? Um, or Correct. I, I mean, or and is this going to be live or is this already? Have you already filmed it's taped, and, and it's produced? It's live. Yeah, it's taped to live so that it could be edited really, really nicely and um, so that we wouldn't have any issues day of. So everybody uh, sent in a video, and um, our editor is working his magic on throwing the whole thing together. Yeah, yeah that that is awesome. Brody? I don't know. I mean, I just listening to you guys at the flow of the conversation, and as you and Sarah know, yeah, the LGBTQ culture is just not my lane. So I'm like, that's one of those things where I just kind of stand back and I just take notes. <laughs> that's fine, Brody. We'll send you your. We'll send yeah. you a wig for the occasion. You can participate. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> truth be truth be told, um, Brody's friends with a straight couple that did get him involved in RuPaul's Drag Race. So. He's a little more. Yeah, um, I, 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 okay. Uh, Sarah, you know my uh, dancer friend, Arcadian Broad, formerly from the Orlando mm-hmm. Ballet Company, who's now in Cincinnati. Okay, it, when I when I moved to California, I stayed with Arcadian and with Taylor, and, um, uh, and they he'd gotten a job with the Cincinnati Ballet Company, and so I I was their house guest for a week, uh, which involved basically cooking for them, and then walking Gatsby and playing with the cat. But along <laughs> the way, Taylor and Arcadian were like, you have to watch this. And I'm like, you've got, you've got to see this. I mean, Arcadian and Taylor were like shocked. I, I had no, I mean, I've met RuPaul numerous times, okay, to the point where he kind of like semi-recognizes me. But it's always been in my capacity as a reporter. Never, sure. ever in a, you know, I mean, so, you know, if we were to walk in the room and go, oh, yeah, you know, away we'd go. Um, but I'd never seen it. And so I got a real education, and they gleefully indoctrinated me 
in in drag race because I quite frankly had no clue. So mm-hmm. I'm a little less clueless than I was, but I'm still yeah, pretty much clueless. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. Just tune in and pour yourself a mimosa, and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Relax and enjoy. It it will be fun. <laughs> it's like um. So what what is the um, how do people link up to this? How do they find out about it? And how is there a cost for it? Or um, are you looking yes. for contributions for the scholarship um, um, separately? We wanted to make sure that it was not cost prohibitive to join. So it is a flat ten dollar donation to get access. And it will be streaming through veeps.com, V-E-E-P-S.com. And you can get uh, your tickets at thedrewproject.veeps.com. And uh, the platform is really cool because it also offers a chat room so that folks can communicate during the event. And we are going to have some members of the cast in the chat room, as well as a couple other celebrity guests that, a&E Stars and Lionsgate are working on right now. And um, it's it's just going to be great to be able to chat with everybody and there will be some drinking games and just total interaction for a very fun day. Uh, you can definitely right. uh, find any other information you need on the Drew Project's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That That is that's so that's going to be so uh, awesome. It's just going to be so much fun. I, I'm almost beside myself. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more about some of the uh, the lesser knowns. Um, that, you know, we talked about the the three that are kind of headliners, and I think mm-hmm. most people um, who who even done a sort of a drive by with um, Drag Race or Queer Eye know of them. Um, what mm-hmm. uh, like Jess Gallo, uh, Roxy Brooks Lords. Ruby Roo, um, Lucy Stool, what are, what are their stories and how did, how did they come about? Sure. Um, so Roxy Brooks Lord actually uh, was a performer at um, Pulse Nightclub um, back in the day and actually performed at wow. the club two weeks before the shooting. Um, we're going to have um, that performance in there as well as a performance from her and other Drag Race star, Honey Davenport. Um, Roxy and I have become very fast friends since starting uh, getting her into the fold, and we're super excited to have her. Um, Lucy Stool is a very popular and hilarious drag queen out of Chicago. She um, is a bearded queen and um, has been leading the charge on making sure things are more equitable in the uh, Chicago drag scene. Um, Jess Gallo is a lesbian singer out of Southern California whose video I am super excited about premiering. Um, she can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. We had to have something for the ladies, obviously, some, something sapping. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> um, and um, Ruby Roo is a comedy queen out of New York City. Uh, it, you would probably have seen her at the duplex on Christopher Street or Pieces if uh, you have seen some drag in New York City. My favorite part about this is I will not have to take the subway all the way to Christopher Street in order to see her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, um, Mr. Aphrodite 
is um, a teen drag performer out of Tampa, Florida. Um, in our shows, we really try to showcase uh, the youth uh, who we support. So um, that's that. And uh, Dominic already had mentioned Vico Suave, who um, is a Puerto Rican non-binary actor. Uh, you might have seen them in the show Vita. Um, and I think there is a an online um, show that they're in called They Thems. Um, but they're incredibly talented, and their video is just, you're kind of you will not stop laughing. Oh, that that is awesome. Now, most of these performers um, actually do their own singing, right? They're they're this is not just not not that lip, lip singing is like a just. But this is singing versus lip syncing? Yeah, a couple of them do sing uh, their own songs, um, including Sorgi, who we were expecting her to send a violin piece, but she actually sings for us. And I don't know if anybody's heard her sing, so it's going to be a blast. Yeah. It, it, anyway, this, this show, you know, for the folks listening, I, I, there, there are some of these shows that come together and – they they can be a little spotty and even some with with fairly big names. I've watched some of the Broadway stuff they pulled together, and you know it's there there some spots that were a little questionable. <laughs> but this one sounds so tight. It sounds like you guys yes. have covered every base. Um, everybody is a, a super exciting talent that's involved. It just. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled, 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 thrilled for you guys, and for hey, us. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm excited to see you guys in the chat room next Sunday. Yep. Well, we'll we will, uh, and we better not be cross because we neither one of us mince words when uh, <laughs> if there are any haters in there. So we'll we'll take oh, them out. No, no. I mean, listen, if people, pay, if people want to come in and uh, pay to be haters. I will take their money and then kick them out. (laughs) 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 You should just have them, have them, have them put in an open credit card that, you know, for every cuss word, they, they get charged five more bucks or something. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be cool. Um, So tell us about what um, the Drew project looking forward Beyond this event, what what is coming up for the new project? We are currently trying to figure out how things are going to shake down for June. Um, I think that since most of the prides themselves are going to be digital again this year because the vaccine rollout was a little bit slow to start, um, we're going to probably have a small gathering in Orlando and um, – a digital gathering for other folks who want to pay their respects and honor Drew with us. But um, like I said, we're going to be giving out our uh, scholarships to five queer students and maybe even have uh, some kind of drag competition. Uh, We hosted one in the spring where we offered drag queens to start Facebook or drag performers rather to start Facebook uh, fundraisers for the Drew project and raise as much as they can because at the end they get half to help pay their bills because we want to also support the community that has been so, so supportive of us. 
Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time. Uh, you know, at the top of the show, Brody and I were talking about um, Pete Buttigieg um, being the first uh, gay person confirmed to a cabinet member level seat um, in the government. Um, so that visibility sends a message to young LGBT kids about where they can go. Um, is the Drew Project incorporating that kind of vision for kids, you know, trying to get them involved in, you know, their future and, and, and taking a leadership role in the country um, and, and giving yeah. leadership guidance? Um, yeah, in a way. So part of the reason why we thought it was so important to give scholarships to LGBTQ youth specifically was because these are the kids who are our future leaders. They're the ones who are starting up their gay-straight alliances. They are the ones who are a part of creating change or um, time to thrive. And they are the future leaders of this country. And so we wanted to ensure that the financial piece did not hold them back from uh, discovering their full potential um, in higher education. And there, I'm still in touch with a lot of them through this and the work that I did from, at the Matthew Shepard Foundation. And um, it's just incredible, the next generation of, uh, of youth. Uh, I think back to what I was doing when I was 17, 18, 19, and I am just in awe of the incredible things that this next generation is achieving for us. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you because back, back in the day, um, you know, when I was in high school, I, I couldn't have fathomed um, that kind of involvement in anything. I mean, it, it just was, right. you know, um, yeah, it was, it, it is astounding. And um, I think that is both a credit to, you know, what has happened in our culture as well as even to technology because kids are just so much more in touch with with everything, but um, yeah, it's both impressive and, and necessary. Um, with this new administration and everything going on, um, is there a tightening or a better collaboration communication between the different nonprofits that are interested in curbing gun violence across the country? Uh, what, is, what is the impact that you're seeing uh, of, at that level? Um, you know, it is always my hope that uh, organizations that have similar goals coalesce to, you know, for the greater good, to be able to um, make life better for the communities that they serve. Um, we have been very lucky to have, you know, partnerships here and there um, with uh, for-profit organizations, but I would love it if we could eventually partner and um, do more work to uh, better engage the communities that we are working towards making life better for. Um, but I think sometimes ego gets in the way and, um, you know, one organization wants to keep this proprietary, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that, right. you know, the more that we, the more open source material we have, the better off we would be. Um, so that's why uh, the Drew Project offers its super comprehensive, the most comprehensive one in the world, I would say. Um, our GSA guide is free, open source to download straight from our website because we don't want that to be prohibitive. We want people to be able to engage with 
our stuff however they can at whatever um, level they see fit. That that is so awesome, and that you're doing that. And it it is important that that information sharing and and best practice sharing, and you know, kind of helping the whole the whole industry, if you want to call it that, rise. I just you know, I do think of we were talking about young people and their activism, and I think that was one of the things that was so impactful about Parkland is the kids there have become such spokespeople themselves, almost each one individually. And I really hope to see them and others take momentum and everyone, you know, that was impacted by Pulse, you know, moving that forward to the level where, you know, it has the effect that it becomes the true counterforce to the NRA um, and, and has an impact. And, and now with the leadership that we have in Washington, that 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 is made possible. And um, oh, definitely. You know, I, I I I've seen the work that every town uh, has done, and they have flipped seats. They have uh, changed hearts and minds, and I am incredibly proud to be a part of that organization uh, as a uh, speaker fellow. Yeah, it's, it's, they're really pushing the needle. Well, your work, uh, the work that both you guys have done on this, um, both this event and what you do otherwise, I think is outstanding and awesome. And, you know, my, my hat is, is deeply off to you in, in gratitude uh, for everything you do. We are winding down here. We're coming up to our last five minutes here. What haven't we talked about or asked you about that we should have so far? Um, one other thing that I wanted to touch on that I um, – wanted to have Dominic talk about was the importance of the visibility of queer people in the media and um, what they are doing at the networks to kind of um, push that. Um, can you answer that in two minutes, Dominic? <laughs> Absolutely. I will speak fast. We'll, we'll give you three. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so, you know, specifically with the, the recent Black Lives Matter movement, um, a lot of networks and studios have been taking a complete shift in what their development looks like, what their development slate looks like. Unfortunately, it was like pulling teeth previously at most places, um, but now it, it has become the forefront of everything. How can we, you know, make all of these things diverse? How can we put, um, you know, an Asian lead um, or a South Asian lead with, um, you know, a Black and African American person? How can we make them the protagonist? So, um, you know, media helps shape our culture. And so seeing someone like yourself in mainstream TV and film, again, especially if they're the protagonist, gives us the sense of hope and strength that we're also able to accomplish those incredible things. So it's going to show people, you know, who are labeled as minority that they have the ability to succeed and be a part of something bigger. Um, you know, Seeing someone who looks like me, um, it, it shows that these development executives are, um, you know, thinking about people who look, think, identify, and love like not only me, but other, um, uh, other minority cultures and communities. And I stole that one from a dear friend of mine who she, she, she's like one of my go-to people, but she always said, like, I I'd, I'd always want to see people who look, think, identify, and love like me. Um, you know, and I, I'll, I'll plug a couple of things. 
I'm a part of Pantsuit Nation on Facebook. I'm not sure if you are, but um, the the Black and African American families posting kids of their young daughters, looking at Kamala Harris getting sworn in was just so incredible. Um, and and you know this season of RuPaul's Drag Race, if you're watching, Gottmik is such an incredible character, right. not even character, performer. You know, being trans right. and um, their journey is so incredible. And then um, uh, something that I was personally a part of um, was a show called The Big Sky um, on ABC. Jesse James Keitel is one of the uh, first non-binary actors to really um, be portrayed in a, you know, a bigger role. Uh, they're right. absolutely phenomenal, stunning, and it's a really cool show. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of wonderful people making an impact in media, and now we just need to keep pushing that forward. Right. Yeah, no, and I've watched Big Sky, and that that is that you're you're absolutely right. And um, Bridgerton also um, not necessarily LGBT, but it has brought a lot of ethnic uh, faces into what was traditionally a white portrayed um, scenario of you know um, back in the day England and all that. Um, but uh, right. you know, honestly, we need. We need to do a full show on just what you're talking about, uh, Dominique. And um, I'm, I'm going to publicly ask Brody to touch base with you to put together just a podcast on, on that alone because uh, you're just touching the tip of the iceberg of, of that conversation that, that right. we should have and, and talk about. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Super, super great point. So, again, Thank folks, you. the show is on – um, February 14th, you can't forget the date. It is gun violence is still a drag, um, although it is going to be funny, romantic, um, and, um, you know, a love, love song resentful, I guess, also, you know, if you like the cynical side of it all. But it should be just one heck of a lot of fun. Um, Sarah, quickly, do you want to give us again the website they need to go to? Absolutely. It is the Drew Project, and Drew is spelled D-R-U, dot veeps.com. That is the Drew Project, dot veeps.com, and you can also find information on all of our social media outlets. Well, I want to thank you guys for, for being here today, for doing this show, for doing everything you do in all directions. It's like you guys are covering a vast amount of needs and, and growth and vision and um, it's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I want to thank, thank Brody thank for you. his work. Um, absolutely. And Brody, for your work, um, both in the journalist truth that you bring us every day, as well as um, your work here on this show. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We love you. And we will be back here again next week with another interesting, fascinating, fabulous topic. Join us then. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.